0: Welcome back to TF3. TF3. T T F three. TF3. Welcome back to TF3 F3. Welcome back to TF3. Welcome back to TF3. We're on tonight's podcast. We're sans Kristen. Kristen is still in New York. We're Sans Adam. Adam almost died on a plane. Uh, <laughs> we're with, with Sans Nick. with sans all these other people. It's practically just two up top tonight, Dave.
1: It really much is. You know, very scary, scary story from um, Adam's end, but obviously we're going to dive into that on Sunday, probably, Lawrence, right?
0: Well, we'll dive into it with Adam, because I feel like he, he almost deserves he deserves that space <laughs> to
1: be able to tell the story, how he almost died, essentially. He lived through the story, right? So he's got to tell it to, to the fans.
0: We lived through the Champions League this week, and we lived to tell the tale. Uh, but some, some clubs didn't, so we're going to, uh, not least, uh, Brendan Rodgers, Celtic. Brendan Rodgick. Good name. Brendan Rodgick. You, know you know what I'm really upset about is I haven't actually checked out uh, Neymar uh, and his new music yet. I uh, will do that in a little while. I literally <laughs> just remember pre-podcast. I was like, oh, Neymar.
1: Um, no, we're not doing this. Lawrence, we're not doing this
0: again. <laughs> ne- Neymar, name ne musical. Um, oh, no. Uh, anyway, Arsenal played to a very different tune uh, as they went away to PSG. Dave, Arsenal, lucky.
1: Yeah, I'd definitely say so. I think PSG, for me, it completely outclassed them, um, outworked them in midfield, um, created more opportunities. If Edison Cavani had taken any of his, what, six or seven chances, what, he was clean to own goal about three times. Um, scored a pretty decent header, but couldn't seem to get the ball into the back of the net when it really counted. It would have been 6-5-1 to PSG over Arsenal. The- Arsenal just really struggled to set the tempo in the game they were too slow with possession and when PSG broke they broke with momentum and pace and Arsenal really couldn't deal with it why? I think it's a combination between you know playing the way that Arsenal don't like to play you know go back over the years Ferguson and his physical physical midfield sorry and that's exactly what PSG did with um, you know, playing Matuidi wide left gave them a lot of work there um, you know, kept a, did a very good job on Bellerin you know, Bellerin's impact going forward was quite small for a player that um, registered the joint most assists as a defender in the Premier League last season you know, was kept at bay by Matuidi by his pressing, by his energy then you've got Rabiot a central midfield who can do a very good physical job, can break, can cover positions but just generally works hard and gets in your face, now that, again that's what Arsenal players don't like Especially when you've got a player of Cochland's technical ability at defensive midfield, when you're holding the ball, it's just a big no no for me. And then, of course, uh, Kryovac, who had an absolutely wonderful game at defensive midfield, covering, coming out when he needed to come out. And I think that was the best bit about Kryovac for me was, you know, when his man, um, whoever, you know, if it was Mezit or if Kazola drifted into that zone, he'd be very physical with him and he'd follow them, track them out of the zone, and then retreat back into a brilliant position. But it just seemed like this PSG team had players that wanted to work together. And players that believed in what they were doing on the pitch and believed in their game plan, and normally their game plan came off.
0: Yeah, that was what was interesting, though, wasn't it? That Arsenal didn't necessarily have that, and Wenger changed things up because apparently the Arsenal fans were a little upset in the first place. actually he didn't start the eleven that he finished with.
1: But yeah, I think that's a big thing. You know, as soon as um, Granit Xhaka came on, Arsenal looked a bit better because he's a he's an upgrade. He's just an upgrade of of Coquelin, and I feel that this Santi Cazola Zaka partnership needs to just a, needs a bit of work on it, but it will be the best pairing for me of any Arsenal central midfielders. I think you've got Zaka with his physicality and sometimes his over commitment to certain tackles, but will give Arsenal that defensive cover, but also the ability to play with the ball. And if you're gonna sit against teams that know now if you defend deep against Arsenal counterattack, that's a way to get at them. You're gonna need someone deep in midfield to distribute the play, you know, and then then Cazola with his ability to pivot, with his ability to as well play forward passes and you know, uh, control a game I think that gives them two defensive midfielders that arguably you know, would get into a lot of top European sides as playmakers in those sides so if you're playing those two playmakers um, against the team that will defend like PSG, and that was the quite interesting part PSG were at home but played like the away team that's a very good strategy in the Champions League for me this season I feel like the teams that have done that in the opening round of fixtures have done well and gone on to pick up wins or pick up points
0: Interesting. Uh, Well, Dave, ultimately the PSG dropped two points here, didn't they? Cavani essentially dropped two points for them. You can find out more about that on our YouTube channel if you go over there very soon. I think it's just after after tonight. uh, You'll be able to pretty much find out more about that match. Anyway, um, let's move on, Dave, to the other part of London. Yes, Spurs played their first home game at Wembley and lost 2-1. Uh, to a Monaco side, Dave, that you're calling Dark Horses.
1: Yeah, in the uh, preview on our Facebook page, um, I did a preview before the um, first round of fixtures, you know, the Tuesday. Make sure you go over to um, the Front Free on Facebook and, and like that because there'll be a lot more live stuff there. And there'll be a lot more video content going up there in the next few months. Um, but yeah, especially the live stuff, we're going to try and get some more um, audience sort of participating so if you've got some questions jump over to Facebook and hopefully we can get them answered for you on the, on the next live instalment um, but yeah in terms of um, Monaco the dark horses for me there they look really good um, in Liga you know turning over PSG already unbeaten top of the league with um, Yardim there their coach the criticism I had of that Monaco side where they were a little bit too defensive and they couldn't find a way to break people down in, in the final third and score goals, ultimately. But they've really, you know, this season, it looks like it's all clicked for them. Um, and again, against Spurs, they were very, very, very good on the counter attack. They were very good and dangerous in the final third. Um, you know, something one of the lads I was, I went to the, I look, was i I've got a free ticket for the game. Um, and I was sat in a box and I was sat with this uh, fellow from, from Squawker, Chris Knight, lovely lad. And he sort of said um, that, you know, this Monaco side looks sort of, years ahead of Spurs in terms of the technical ability and I think that was down to that it was down to Jao Moutinho and Bernardo Silva in the final third playing those intricate passes controlling the play in that area and I think if you look at the Monaco side they've got everything that you need for a modern day side in terms of a defensive side they've got two very physical central midfielders um, that patrolled the back four, Fabinho was, again, excellent. And then Bernardo Silva, who has come in, he didn't play too much last season. He was in and out of the side. Now he's really becoming a pivotal part of the side at number 10 with Gian Moutinho playing on the left-hand side. So it's a really good blend of flair, uh, close control, good counter-attacking skills. And then Gian Moutinho's goal was fantastic. Um, one one intercepted a Lamella pass and then just went, went the Spurs' back back defence. I think there were three players there. In the, bit of, in the passage of play, but then he's a wonderful curling shot with his left foot, edge of the area. For me, it was a bit strange that the Spurs players hadn't been hadn't looked at that, uh, um, you know, had the tactical analysis that they'd done before, that they know that Bernardo Silva's got a wonderful left foot and you give him opportunity outside the area, he's going to go for that curler, which is very difficult to save, obviously curling out and coming in. But I do think this Monaco side has the raw ingredients to really be a dark horse just because of the structure and but also the combination of players that can play well on the break. What was really interesting, though, was how good Falcao's touch was in the first half. I've never seen it that good, at United, really? at, um, at Chelsea. Obviously, at Atletico, it was a different matter because it was form Falcao, it, you know, Falcao that was destroying, terrorising defenses. But it was just interesting to see him at Monaco and really look up for the game. And I would love to, if you've seen it, there's a great video of um, Spurs fans as as Monaco go off winning, so that's, you know, chanting Chelsea reject, Chelsea reject, whoa, whoa, and then Falcao just raises the two fingers raises the one finger two one and then walks down the tunnel <laughs> okay. great, end, a great it's, it's a one Good night <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: it, it, it's, it's a one not the middle but good night and off he goes mm.
1: yes exactly mm. but in terms of Spurs um, you know I, I think they've got a bit of work to do in terms of their play their build up was a bit too slow it was a little bit like not Louis van Gaal-esque but in a way where they, they kept on coming to the final foot or they kept on getting throw-ins wide and they come back. You know, they'd recycle the bat, ball back through midfield and then it switched to the flank. It's too easy to defend against that if you get to the top level. So a team like Monaco that's set up brilliantly in two banks of four, one striker, one, sorry, attacking mid off a striker, playing that way, it's going to be too easy. Indeed, tempo needs to go up and I think Spurs need to do that in the next Champions League game at Wembley because the atmosphere was fantastic, but they need to pull the tempo up themselves as well as players, you know, but I think Musembal is going to be crucial to that, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, looking at Spurs, there, there are positives to take away from this game, but not a huge amount. They didn't play great, and that's probably a positive to take away. But the, the fact is, you know, if you train all week for that 90 minutes, you know, or maybe 290 minutes, 180 minutes a week, then, you know, it it must be frustrating. First match at Wembley, some people actually uh, sort of did, they, they came out with this idea that, oh, Spurs fans leaving early, etc. If you've been to Wembley, and Dave, you were at Wembley just the other night,
1: it's terrible to get home from Wembley. Yeah, it was mental. That was, that was absolutely crazy because you were running the fan cams for Spurs, weren't you, doing the video? I
0: was doing It on, bloody good fun. Go over there. what the, on the fun. channel Because those are some of the most beautiful fan cams you will see. Wembley in the background. Oh, God, yeah. flooding great the shot. If we actually sped them up, there'd be great time lapses.
1: <laughs> but in terms of that, what you were you saying? You know, as you go down the sort of uh, ramp towards, you know, walking towards the, the station, it was like jammed from there, wasn't it? Like people so many people I just think they maybe need to work on
0: that organisation yeah well I mean I guess the police um, we're really talking about something that's very game specific if you've never been to Wembley then basically when you come out (laughs) of Wembley there's Wembley Way um, and then basically uh, it's like a very I mean, it's quite, it's quite a slim thing for 80,000 people or 50,000 people I have me to get down and then the police stop you at the bottom because if the too many people go into the station, then people will obviously get pushed into the rail tracks, I guess is the worry. And overcrowding in stations is way worse than overcrowding outside a station while people are still very happy um, or unhappy if you're a Spurs fan. A lot of unhappy Spurs fans there last night. But you know what? I, I, losing the first game isn't so terrible. You know, you can still go on and master that group. And I'd be pretty confident that with Monaco in that group as well, Dave, taking points off other people, Spurs can still finish decently. Um, you, now, you tweeted something about France or, or sort of the Premier League being the strongest league. There was something, basically, there's some controversial tweets, Dave, that you made. <laughs> yeah.
1: So uh, I tweeted uh, this this morning, um, belittling Ligue question mark, PSG battered Arsenal and Monaco won at Spurs. Premier League, the greatest league in Europe. lol. that was um, a bit aimed at the English media and some pundits in particular that really criticised one Zlatan Ibrahimovic when he moved to the Premier League um, as you know a, a beater of rubbish sides, a beater of min- of Minions, you know, a, a Ligue what like the Championship. But I think what we've seen with these results, um, and I imagine this will reflect throughout the whole tournament, that in a way, League uh, 1 is a bit underrated in terms of where it's going, in terms of the sides there. Yeah, I mean, PSG- specific teams within League are underrated. But then areas. I think, so this is this is sort of my... Obviously, there, there's PSG who have all the money, but because PSG spends some of that money inside the league, it's obviously going to improve the competitiveness of that league. But also because people have to solve the problem in different ways. Obviously, Monaco are also bankrolled by a Russian billionaire. But you have teams like Lorient, who up until this season, where they're actually bottom of the league and they haven't I don't think they've won a game yet. But they went down that sort of Leon esque scouting way where they went to Africa and they, they did a very, very good scouting network over there and they brought players in uh, and then sold them on for a profit. And that was similar to what Leon did to get their new stadium. You know, they, they got the likes of um, SEN, um, among others for a low price over in Africa, then they train them up and obviously the, the, the talents came through and then they sell them to the likes of Chelsea and make big money. And that got them to invest in their youth academy and it got them to invest into a new stadium, which obviously will give them more revenue to complete with PSG. But I think over there in France, it's a very, it's a different league, but it's a, it's a good league. And it's something that we need to appreciate as Europe as, as being one of the Premier Leagues. Like I, I would 100% put it up with the Bundesliga, with uh, Serie A, with uh, La Liga, with the Premier League and, and so forth. I think yeah, it's definitely up there. I just feel that we need to open ourselves up A little bit more to loving the French league. Well, it's also perceived.
0: Is it not just perceived weakness, Dave, or sort of what's maybe that what's trendy at that time? And Liga is not trendy because um, you know it's it's very much a dominated league in that sense by what by one or two teams, and historically it
1: has been as well. Yeah, I think it's 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 easy, it's lazy analysis, analysis to say Liga is rubbish because then you're not giving you know you're not you don't you're not looking at the side you're not. Diving in there, you don't know that Nice are now one of the top teams there. You might have heard Barnard have played well last season, but then they're going to be competitive under Favre. You've got the likes of um, Saint-Etienne, who have always been competitive, a great fan loyalty there, some good players there, and Lyon. um, I just think there's a number of sides there, and obviously Monaco and PSG that we've mentioned that are very competitive and would give the same team in the Premier League that was at that position last season a very good run for their money. Obviously, you've got Manchester City and United that have actually changed in terms of their investment and that sort of thing. But the rest of them, I think it'd be very competitive games. You know, PSG versus Leicester um, has won. Monaco versus Arsenal would have been a good game. You know, I think it's just one of those things where we need to embrace some other leagues sometimes. and love the them. leagues. And in that, day, em- just Embrace them. Well, I mean, you know, if anyone can learn
0: that, it's probably the Premier League, isn't it? Who had to embrace another league, a championship-winning team, uh, essentially winning the Premier League. Last season, Dave, and that championship team went on and performed the best performance of this season so far.
1: Yeah, again, it was probably, yeah, like you're saying, it was their best performance of the year. It's sort of they were waiting for this moment, they were waiting for their inaugural game in the Champions League, and and fair play to them in a way. You know, I've been quite critical of Leicester City this season so far in terms of their structure, in terms of how they're playing, in terms of how they're mixing the new players in, and it's not been good. But against um, Bruges, you know, they did look a lot better. Um, Marles looked a lot freer scored a wonderful free kick um, Brighton obviously getting onto the score sheet early good but for it just looked though. a lot better yeah definitely good for Mark O'Brien because again he was the one that made way in the first few games because, of his, uh, because they brought these new players in Moussa coming in who technically is better going forward but then again what Mark O'Brien does for that Leicester City team is he gives balance and that was why that was so crucial he does a job it's like playing two left backs on the left hand side but then when he gets the ball he's very direct he'll cross it or he'll pass it and that is what he does but that isn't a bad thing to have in that side. That gives very, very good variation um, in, in how you're playing. But yeah, the credit to Leicester City. And I think um, playing Vardy and um, Soleimani is going to be a, quite a good pairing. You know, you've got a lot of pace there with Vardy. We know what he does. But Soleimani's going to come in and he's going to be difficult for playing uh, for Premier League defenders to play against. Them. Obviously, a very a very tall player, but also pretty decent finisher. So I think it's, it's going to be, hopefully, Leicester City will get back to... What they were um, last season, the way you know they looked better defensively, massively. That's the, the big thing. That dropping back to the 4-4-2, you know, it just looked a lot better. And I think you know Leicester City will probably go through this group. But it was difficult. On the again on the Facebook live preview, I sort of mentioned. I said someone asked me who the you know who might slip in this Champions League, and I kind of said Leicester City because of their starts to the Premier League. I mean, the to be fair, proved that, that, me that's wrong. not.
0: I mean, that's. I mean, you know, you can have certain results against certain teams, but they did play the best by a very long way that they have this season so far. Um, Mm. Or at least it was the most cohesive performance. Uh, Bruges, obviously, over there, bruges it up. Uh, Leicester Mm -hmm. played Burnley this weekend. Obviously, Burnley have had a week to prepare for this game, etc., etc. Why wouldn't we have said that about, you know, Manchester City? Why wouldn't we have said that about Spurs or Arsenal? because Leicester are new to this game but someone who's somewhat of an older an old hand at this point Dave even though he's only been in the uh, Champions League for less than a decade is Man City's manager brand new no one knows much about him pep guardiola who led Man City to a 4-0 win over Borussia Mönchengladbach in uh, what was a rained off match
1: originally yeah i got some i'm um, non- obviously brought, grew up in manchester and Got some pictures from my mates, and it was it was at one of like the metro stations, which is the equivalent of the tube. And literally, there was about two to three foot of water. And earlier on in that day, it'd been about 25 degrees, mental weather over there. And it you know called off for the right reasons. But you know, City dominated in the second in the second game in the um, the replay of the tie.
0: Replay tie it wasn't a replay, was it? Because they didn't play it initially. No, but well, they, they, they could have.
1: No, it wasn't even. It was real. quite. Well, I'm pretty sure that in the first on the Tuesday, I'm pretty sure David Silva was playing um, at central midfield with De Bruyne. And on the Wednesday, obviously, Gunduan um, came yeah. and, uh, and appeared and had a very good, very, very good game. Um, but again, Manchester City, what's so interesting about them is the, the goalkeeper, Claudio Bravo, is getting a lot of attention at the moment. Um, they made a few pretty decent saves in the game, like top, top-class saves, again, playing out from the back. Um, there, was a, there was a crazy moment where again you know the assist that he, that Kolarov got well not assist sorry the, the long ball he played before the De Bruyne goal um, after Bravo played some pretty nice passing oh, he did know, that Dave. again and, and they got um, pressurised by three Dortmund Gladbach uh, players and then he did kick the ball out so he does kind of have that English mentality still in there somewhere but a fantastic player and a player that will excel in the Premier League excellent stuff
0: uh, Dave elsewhere in Manchester it was great oh f- fuck um, <laughs> Feyenoord won Manchester United <laughs> nil Dave um, oh, god. Dirk Cout comes back with the rest of his mates and they <laughs> uh, they, they screw you over
1: don't they I tell you what, D- and D- they D- bloody Kaut.
0: loved it Dave they
1: bloody loved it mm, god yeah Dirk Cout wasn't wasn't very I don't um, Scheidland had him in his back pocket for most of the game but that doesn't really talk about the rest of the United performance because there were there were some poor performances out there um, from players on the pitch Marcus Rojo was just atrocious. I just one of the worst displays I've ever seen in my life. I just, it, it was like he wasn't a Premier League footballer and he wasn't playing in the Europa League. It was that bad. Didn't know what he was doing in defence position. They didn't know what he was doing when he was on the ball. I just, it was beyond me. Very frustrating as a United fan. But also Mourinho in, in two weeks. He's In two weeks In a week he's not had a good week at all. He's sort of for me, he's got his systems wrong um in in the games. You know, he should have played one way against City, very compact, uh, counter-attacking style, and then he should have played the pressing game against uh, this Fenab uh, this Feyenoord team. Um, and he kinda got it the wrong way around. But I think it's you've got to give Mourinho time and he will get it right eventually. But there are some players in there that need to be moved on. Uh Rojo's obviously won. And the Herrera needs to shake off this Louis van Gaal illness or whatever it is. He just seems to ...not do anything in the final third. Like, you look at his pass map, it's so square, it's ridiculous. Go on to Squawker and go on to the Man United um, Feyenoord match centre and look how many passes he plays backwards into the side in the final third. Doesn't play a single pass forward in, in the sort of final third area centrally. Doesn't play a pass into the penalty area. When you've got players like Rashford, Martial... Then Zlatan and Pogba making forward runs at the end and even Chris Smalling and you failed to complete a pass into the penalty area for me it's very very poor as a central midfielder
0: Zlatan is that but I mean Zlatan is a great focal point though isn't he for this side and, and you know what when they were really pressing for the goal in the end it was last ditch defending the kind of defending that if you're a fine old fan it would make you cry which some of them did <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's another big point as well I think United um, they lack a Mourinho they, they've got one Mourinho striker in Zlatan Ibrahimovic, but they haven't got another one they've not got a backup Marcus Rashford for all his hard work all of his running today the ball didn't stick with him and that's why United struggled in the first half yeah playing on the counter-attack is good playing directly on the counter-attack in a 4-5-1, 4-3-3 you need to have a target man that's going to hold the ball and, and pull your team up the pitch and unfortunately Rashford He's not ready to do that job yet for me, and he would have suited playing wide. Again, one matter. They, you know, they should have sold him in the summer, to be honest. He's, he's, it, it's too slow. It's not the right style of football for Mourinho, and he should have been ballsy Mourinho and got rid of him, but he didn't. You know, Rashford would have been better on the right.
0: I mean, maybe he believed that um, something, something was going to come out of him.
1: Maybe then he, he also did that last time, didn't he? But then it's a similar thing with the first time, but when he went back to Chelsea, because he was a fan favourite then. Yeah. Um Juan well, Mata, wasn't he? And then he sold him in the January. Maybe yeah. that'll happen again. Maybe you gave him another chance. Maybe. Chance Maybe five or did. whatever. How
0: many chances can you get? I mean, you know, how many chances do you want, Juan? You're just such a nice guy. You <laughs> you you butter people up with your be I hate people who are they, nice, don't you do? There's no room for nice people yeah, in football. There's no, no room not for people who are nice. Don't you just think it would be lovely if Juan I think when Juan gets old, he should return uh, very much like uh,
1: Michu has to uh, Real Oviedo and play mm. where he originally came from. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Dream ends to the one, that story. That, it's going to happen, let's be honest with ourselves. There
0: are quite a few uh, dream ends to this Real Oviedo story. I mean, they're already all right. It's just, you know, it's a few, there's a few finishing touches. Michu, of course, back in Spain right <laughs> now. Uh, let's also go back to Spain ourselves, though, Dave. Barcelona 7, Celtic nil. It was it was what? <laughs> Wait a minute, that's awkward. Is it although apparently uh I was listening to another podcast, not gonna tell you which one. Um The apparently Celtic squad is as much as Barcelona's front three, uh, great podcast, um
1: earn in a month. <laughs> Jesus Fair play. Um, It's crazy money in football, but you're going to pay that for a front three that scored six goals and pretty much dominated the game. Lionel Messi was ridiculous. So, so good in the game. The second goal sort of summed up Lionel Messi for me, where he was inside the penalty area and he pretty much walked the ball into the back of the net. And again, Neymar coming back to form, obviously coming back from the Olympic Games and, and getting four assists in the Champions League for the first time. Since Zlatan Ibrahimovic managed that in 2013. Um an incredible display from Neymar. Suarez's goal was was ruthless, as oh. Lu Suarez was well, first one, sorry, was ruthless as Lu Suarez very much is. But it, they're looking like this Barcelona team with those front three are going to be very, very competitive. And I was quite impressed with Andre Gomez as well, completed 96 passes against Celtic. And he, you know the Barcelona's top passer. So it's quite a good um, you know, quite a good thing for him there. Um, TT and PK are starting to look good. Uh, Sergio Roberto as well at right back. So I, yeah, this Barcelona team, of course, they're going to be competitive. Davo, are you as impressed mm.
0: with Real Madrid, who came back late, and it was late?
2: Spring is that you. Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight collection. The lightest ever shoes from Allbirds. Now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's allbirds.com s.com code SUPER24.
0: To uh, take out sporting in what was going to be an upset...
1: Yeah, I think this sporting side um, will be competitive because uh, of the manager, because of the signings and so forth. But yeah, they, Real Madrid should have done a bit better, to be quite honest. Um, and you know, the goals came 89th minute and then 94th minute, and good old James Rodriguez whipping in a perfect ball for uh, Morata to finish it off. Obviously, Rodriguez fallen from grace at Real. But yeah, it was um, a frustrating night, you'd say, uh, for Real Madrid, and uh, I think they just. I don't know what it is, but it seemed like when they when they were playing the younger players, they had a bit more youthful exuberance inside. the They, you know, they, they felt like they they wanted it a bit more. So I think these, you know, the, the likes of uh, Benzema and Ronaldo obviously coming back, they just need a bit more. Get the tempo back up. But obviously, Ronaldo second game back since injury is called two and two. What else can you really say about the uh, Portuguese legend? Well, I mean, apart from that, he's a Portuguese legend
0: and he, you know, people gave people the opportunity to show him back in his younger days when, you know, didn't look like the Ronaldo <laughs> nowadays, did he? But, he, you know, that's not the point. Uh, it was it was good to see. Uh, they held on for a very long time. A couple of sides that have almost been upset and a couple of upsets actually in Europe this week. Dave, why did Manchester United get beaten? Like, surely, you know, I mean, I suppose, you know, has Mourinho had other results like that?
1: They weren't good. They they, they, they didn't take the game to or They didn't dominate possession of the ball. They didn't create chances. That's the big thing. They didn't actually create anything. Um, they created half a chance where Martial cut back for Martial, pulled it down the post, and that was it. Wasn't a lot of chances. And then at the end of the game, it was just chucking balls into the box. So United need to work on the when they get into the final third, what they're doing there. They also need to work on pulling Paul Pogba. Away from the ball, pushing him away from the ball and into sort of dangerous areas where he's picking up the ball in number ten. In fact, yeah, I think you know, in the game he only picked up the ball there twice. Um, one time I think he got a shot away, and another time I think you know nearly made something happen. So I think by playing someone like Michael Carrick in, in defensive midfield, it's going to push someone like Paul Pogba further up the pitch because Michael Carrick can f- then find him. I think that was the frustrating thing for Pogba was that that he was difficult for him completely, and I feel that. It will work for United, but it's just going to be—it's going to take a bit of time to find the right blend up front. Against Zlatan, it seems like he's going to have to play every single game.
0: Seems inevitable. Some people are having to go at Paul Popper, obviously, like you said, Dave. Um, let's, uh, Dave. Who are you most impressed with from La Liga? The three from La Liga. Is it? Is it Atletico? Is it Barcelona? Is it Real Madrid? I don't just mean in the league. I mean overall, right now.
1: S- sorry, Los. Do, do that again, mate. I just got just got an email
0: through. I love emails. All, of, all, yeah, I
1: was gonna,
0: all I was going to say, Dave, best the best team in La Liga right now. Which of the three is it? Is it Atletico? Uh, or is it Barcelona? Or is it Real Madrid?
1: I think at the moment um, Barcelona are the first team. Uh, the first team, the, the team that have hit their, their gears first. Real Madrid will take a little bit of time to get going. They've, they've got the results that they needed, but then I do think with um, Atletico again, that's going to take a little bit of time to get the likes of Nico Gaetan into the side. Um, Grimero but they will get stronger and stronger as the season goes on so yeah Barcelona now but it could be it could definitely be coat at the end hold on a bloody minute is that
0: Kristen Hennig's voice I hear no it isn't um, I hope so oh it is no you're right Yeah, um, but Chris you're in New York still uh, some people complained about your sign quality but we're going to soldier on with you anyway and see how it goes there,
2: there have always got to be uh, shortcomings when you go to the concrete jungle where dreams are made of. The funny
0: thing was that when you said shortcomings, that was the word that got uh, that robotised. Um, Chris, what have you picked out of football this week? What's been interesting? What have you read in football? What have you seen in football? What have you liked in football this week that you've loved?
2: Uh, I think I've enjoyed Joshua Kimmich. Um, I think he's made a significant impact on things. He's been a good player for a while, but getting his first goal for Germany, his first for Bayern, his first in the Champions League. I think it's kind of brought him to the fore a bit more. Um, I think my favourite quote goes to the coach of Red Bull Leipzig for saying that Oliver Burke is an empty hard drive when it comes to defending without the ball. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think that that is a beautiful way to put it. Are you um, saying he's not even formatted? It's, it's, I mean, It's ripe for jokes.
0: Good. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, no, but he's, he's, he's willing to update his firmware, which is important. Good. Um, I've, I'm oh, trying to think of other way? things I've enjoyed. I think um, in terms of games, I mean, obviously, I watched uh, Juventus Sevilla last night and we'll be doing some stuff on that. I thought, even though there was a lack of goals in the game, I was talking about to take away from it, enough to do a video, in fact. Um, Higuain was... I think a little bit mediocre, um, which unfortunately, when you've got to be, you have to be on almost every day, and that's something I think he'll struggle with. In terms, of, I'm really impressed um, with the way the fireman came against Manchester United. I think Vilena he had an awkward season last year. He he basically wanted to leave and was ends with the sporting director. To the point where it was seen as a done deal for him to go to Southampton and be reunited with Coleman. He stuck around and it seems to have done him the world of good.
0: Yeah, very good point. Um, now what I'm thinking is, Chris, while we've got you here, while we have a decent link with you, because I can already hear it going. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, can we talk a little bit for a minute about Newcastle dominating the championship six, six games in a row? I don't want you to jinx anything, but some people are saying this could be a 100 point team and there we go and that's where chris leaves the podcast i think
2: well the, the last time they were there
0: yeah. the second tier oh am i am i no eh, relatively
2: you know what? i'll give you i'll give you a try uh, um thank you it normally uh, the the last time they were in this division they broke 100 points the difference is I think they have more depth in this team but maybe not as much quality in individuals so the the game against QPR I think that was where their best players came to the fore the likes of Shelby the likes of Richie Perez they're the ones that I think will always elevate them above opposition this season the, the thing that I think is most promising in the early weeks since they overcame that opening two game loss uh, streak they were on is Benitez's sort of man management of games and individuals so we kind of uh, swaps guys in, swaps guys out and it doesn't seem to be too destabilizing to the actual team and the dynamic itself and I think in a in a season that's going to be 46 games long at least just in terms of the, the league campaign that could be vital because you've got Christmas, you've also got January when the African Cup of Nations comes around a lot of their rivals will lose players and that's where I think the championship could be won or lost this season and the fact that these able to build that momentum early on so far, that could stand them in great stead moving forward.
0: Mm, really good point. Um, obviously 6-0 against QPR is good, but QPR it was men against boys. Oh, there's anything wrong with boys.
2: It was, and then I had a good whinge about it afterwards in terms of saying that you know they've got Shelby and Richie and these £10 million plus players. Sorry. Honestly, I think I oh, it was a little bit salty from, from Hasselbank to, to kind of listen to. But QPR were in their position a few years ago and just mismanaged their money so much. I mean, they had 8 million... ...even Colker in there. And they followed that kind of mentality and model that Newcastle have in buying players like Ritchie and Gale and players that... ...played in the championship but were suited to the Premier League as well. You could argue they'd be back I mean, it's in the top, <laughs> like already, but they didn't They Let him tell us that very, very soon. <laughs> on <laughs> and it just absolutely blew up in their face massively.
0: Yeah, uh, okay, your signal's definitely going now, Chris, but we appreciate the small bit of information you brought to the podcast. We're going to uh, finish now on the preview uh, and then I'm hoping that we can bring you back in and privately speak with you afterwards. Because um, this New York thing, is just not working out. We need you to come back.
2: <laughs> it's, it's always because I'm on the move driving around place. Yeah. That's the difficulty. If I was in a a set location, then I think I'd be fine. But at the minute we're underneath tunnels and everything. Say you
0: settle settle down happily with someone, then I'd be happy. Um, Some people accuse me of jealousy of your success,
2: but um, (laughs) I'm going to move on from that, actually, Chris. Well, the, the song doesn't go concrete jungle where Wi-Fi is accessible, does
0: it? It's a very good point. Although, actually, if you could do that, that would actually be a really good ad campaign. Dave, note that down. Um, Got it, got it, mate. I know some Aussies that will be interested to hear that. Um, Anyway, uh, Chris, thank you very much. Uh, We'll we'll see you again soon on Tier 3, maybe Sunday night. Exactly. That's the plan. Uh, Chris, we'll see you Sunday night. Thank you very much. Um, Enjoy New York. Remember, tweet him at He, He's our international correspondent over in New York Dave, back to London. The other concrete jungle where dreams are made. Chelsea, Liverpool come Friday. Oh, shit, we don't have John Terry. It's cool. We've got David Luiz.
1: <laughs> nice intro, Lawrence. I think it's going to be a, a bit of a banger of a game, to be honest. Uh, high octane. Um, you expect Liverpool to really go for Conte and, uh, and Chelsea. Yeah, uh, David Luiz could be an interesting factor in this game. Um, I personally would potentially switch to a back three if I were Chelsea to open up space for them to play out the back. You know, Liverpool, if you're going to be pressing a back three with a defensive midfielder, that is a hard game. And that means you're coming a lot of men forward, which means Chelsea could smash the long ball to David, David, Diego Costa in the channels and bang. You've got a real avenue to attack. And you know what? Um, Uh, Leicester
0: really did well at points. Like I I think Liverpool did actually uh, do all right against Kante once, but um, they did well with Kante against Liverpool last season. Can they repeat that this season though?
1: I, I think, you know, if, again, remember what I was mentioning before on, on maybe Sunday's podcast about uh, how Kante needs to be the aggressor, needs to be the presser, Natich needs to sit, Kante needs to go for the jugular and I feel that I'd make the game, probably break the game up quite a lot and it'd become a bit scrappy, um, but it could play in the, to the hands of Chelsea because they've got the target, they have they have whereas Liverpool, um, you know, Sturridge isn't really a target man. For me, no, definitely isn't. Um, so I think it's it's one of these things where a cagey, tight game may favour Liverpool, whereas a scrappy end-to-end game could quite frankly um, suit Chelsea. And of course, Eden Hazard, who is really returning to form. Mm,
0: I'll be interested to see how Liverpool deal with that. Um, certainly, is going to be fascinating. Liverpool running from midfield, at, at, like you say, Dave, at a back three. It'll be proven It'll, It'll be interesting.
1: It'll be very. I think, interesting. I think they. I think they will play a fourth. I think it'll be a, a, a four-five-one or a four-one-four-one-four-three-three three hybrid, as Chelsea played this season. I mean, think right. there'll be some big, a big matchups there. Either Klein way, Versus Hazard.
0: Either way, De- Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if Chan's going to be back, but Carrius maybe in for Liverpool. I'm going to be interested to see those deep midfield runners for Liverpool, the likes of you know Firmino, Coutinho coming mm. from deep and taking on those guys. It's going to be interesting to see if they overload Mane. Uh, so far, hero for Liverpool this season, but maybe it's dangerous to build him up to that status. Um, now, Dave, a, t- a team that maybe have gone under the radar on this podcast have been Everton. We've had little chats about mm. them, but Cumin yeah. absolutely thrashed the shit out of Sunderland <laughs> on Monday, um, and here they are.
1: He did uh, again. This just goes against the, uh, the my Ronald Cumin analysis, that I feel that the Southampton system helps him out. To be fair to him, did Everton look good? then, if they get Lukaku firing, which he did fire um, on Monday night, they've, they've got some, you know, a few players in there like Jesse Guyon, who I've been championing for the past year or so, um, about him being the next uh, Nguru Conte in the Premier League. He plays for a better season, Villa last season, but I was still impressed with his work rate, his ability to win the ball back. Um, and they're finding uh, quite a nice blend with their attackers. Obviously, Balassi played quite well um, on Monday night, and I feel like. They potentially could, could they, well, they started well, they've started very, very well. I think human teams usually do start well, so it's just keeping that momentum. You know, players like Williams, they, they have improved the side, even though I was critical of that signing as well. They're quite an, an old centre-back, how long is he going to last? They're already struggling with old centre-backs. But no, he's coming in very, very good. Um, and then, you know, young players like um, Holgate, who've been pretty pretty awesome stepping up from the, um, the youth teams at Everton. But Middlesbrough as well. Have looked good under Cranker Nekranke has looked good. Um, so th- th- there's there's a lot of potential for this game to be you know be one of the games of the weekend Dave something that we haven't
0: discussed yet on this podcast is Fan Jewel you oh won. My Jewel you know what we should have brought this up earlier because we you won dust. bloody money on Fan Jewel oh, bloody you won. Won money.
1: we're up a pound we are, we've we got a pound in the account
0: I you can't know, believe it
1: empires have been started with less money than that in concrete jungles where dreams are made Dave
0: Um it- Exactly. exactly, but go ahead, Dave. What 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 is it about Fan that draws you in this
1: season? Uh, well, Fan this season, especially in the Champions League, I find it there really interesting because it's it's different fantasy football in terms of how you play it over over one day. But it's what what the Champions League gives you. It gives you a load of good players um, who will get your points. But obviously, it's getting the right players within the budget. Did you pick budget. Messi? You didn't. Did you? Um, so I didn't. It's quite interesting. So I didn't actually and go for in on Messi. You pick Messi. Um, so I didn't go in Messi because of the budget. So. How I look at fantasy football, it's, it's the, the, the cost-benefit in a way. How much is Messi going to be worth in terms of points if you work that down? Uh, you can find some real value in that. Obviously, Messi is very good. But in terms of fan jewel and daily fantasy, a top tip from me would be if, if you're going to go on to win, you've got to pick a team that, um, that's going to keep a clean sheet, obviously, for the defenders and midfielders. I go quite hard with that in terms of I pick the same... Um, keep, I pick, basically, I pick one team and pick their defence and goalkeeper... So obviously I picked up Atletico Madrid because um they were paying, playing playing away yeah. at PSV. Obviously PSV had a missed the penalty so I was a little bit lucky as you've got to be in these things. But you know the one from Jimenez, Godin, Oblak, you know that's smashing me nearly 90 points which is a very very good start for your defense. Mm. And then into central midfield um I picked ball players, so I went with Andre Gomez, obviously 100 and, no sorry 96 passes um so that's obviously good. Tiago Alcantara is brilliant at retaining the ball there as well. And then Verratti and It's a midfield that's going to tick you over the points. And then this is where the money comes in: Lewandowski, Suarez, Aguero. Dave, that's beautiful. You're, you're bloody joking. Do aren't you, you realise, you? Dave? Joke. You
0: you you actually misclicked. You didn't you didn't enter the right league initially. You should have entered the three and a I half know. grand. Oh, I'm uh, sorry, Champions I, League. I could
1: have won. I could could be out. I could be sitting on the beach in Hawaii, sipping a um, uh, Hawaii <laughs> cocktail out of a pineapple or something like that <laughs> but All no right, dave. i'm here
0: <laughs> let me uh let me go and take a look at which league we're encouraging people to uh go and take a look at this week this week in the premier league dave you're supposed to be going and taking a look at the seven and a half gay fan It's only five pounds to enter um if you win it you get 750 pounds dave will you enter this league i'm going in yeah i'm, I'm winning it you go in. I'm pumped. In and you're going I, I hard. love these types of games. You're you're hard for this. That, I mean, I, I, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, Dave, you you are good at selecting players.
1: If you can pick one player this week, who would you pick? Um let me have a look at the matchups quickly. So United are playing Watford away. So potentially you could look at the United defence there. That could be quite interesting. West Brom are playing West Ham, so you maybe the West Brom defence could be the one to go for. But I think that's there. it. You know, the avalanche they've been defensively very sound this season yeah, West, Ham West Ham are go so hot
0: and cold aren't they wait is yeah, it away is or true. home
1: so it's at home it's at West Brom Ooh, so that, you know what I do like that with Sissoko sitting just in front of them I love it mm, exactly um, in terms of forwards though obviously Aguero is suspended so you know you're looking at either Sanchez or even Vich, or potentially Harry Kane Ooh. could be your man this weekend Harry Kane's a strange player that takes him a bit of time to get scoring so maybe it's time to bring him there or but do Dave you want to go for January yet. no it's not January it's, just, yeah. it's crucial yeah what about Fabi- um, Firmino sorry
0: Firmino is a good pick but then Firmino uh, was very hot earlier in the week maybe he will be culled now uh, <gasps> Uh-oh. I would go I'd go Mane if I'm quite honest Dave yeah the man is inspirational um, yeah for, for this team at least uh, or now nah, you know I'm not sure about whether stories you'll play or not anyway um, that's good uh, Dave thank you very much for talking Fangel with me thank you very much for talking your picks yeah. Uh, yeah it's been it's been a pretty good week of football the first week of Champions League football is it's good to have back isn't it
1: yeah it's good but it's a very tiring week um, <laughs> that's what I have to say about the week it's, it's one of those weeks where it's intense yeah it's intense and the hours of work go into the morning mm, good um, but
0: it's fun. Dave, can we talk a little bit about Dortmund? Just for a second, Dortmund beating Lego Warsaw Because obviously I didn't really want to put it in with the rest of the Champions League stuff. It wasn't really even Champions League level football in that sense. Dortmund ran riot as the fans of Lego Warsaw also did.
1: Yeah, not the greatest performance from their fans or the, on the pitch. You know, they got completely torn apart by... Uh, Dortmund who were, were rampant after struggling against Red Bull Leipzig it was a game that I didn't actually catch the weekend but I watched it on um, Tuesday I think or Monday maybe I watched it on Monday um, and quite frankly they got outplayed by uh, Red Bull Leipzig for a long period of the game Leipzig looked like the more dangerous side uh, their front three wasn't very good uh, Goethe looked very poor but I think it's kind of it will click and it, it looked like it has started to click for for Dortmund um, obviously absolutely battering them 6-0 um, you know Bemiang scoring um, Götze scoring a header what was quite interesting about that first goal was um, how it was when Dembele put the ball into the box it was an excellent cross whenever I've seen Dembele it's always been take your man up stand him up pull do a pullback, back um, or go and you know have a shot and goal but it was a really really good ball for that first goal it just shows his talent and it it's crazy how no sides in Europe really went from realistic really went for him like Dortmund did and He's going to be a fantastic player for them for the next few years and then obviously we'll move on to Bayern Munich. Mm.
0: Very good, Dave. Very, very good. Uh, it, I enjoyed that as much as almost you enjoyed your own joke there. Um, <laughs> Dave, what's uh, what's going on with AC Milan?
1: Uh, yeah, Montello's coming, hasn't he? But they are still struggling for an identity. Um, they just don't really have enough quality these days uh, compared to what they used to have. You know, go, what's that team that they had? I was uh, you know you do you look at past Champions League finals you know it's one of those things you just do Dave um, but I was looking at the uh, one that they played against Liverpool twice and in fact the second side was, was a better side for me the side of um, mm. you know when Catuso was firing that was Am, a great team. Uh, Ambrosini well I mean come on Kaka Dave that, the, first te-
0: the first team that first team was a bloody good team Kaka in that midfield oh no
1: it was a very very good team but I think this is my, my favourite the second one because it was without Shevchenko and then was up front
0: yeah, that was good. Was was Pato still part of that team at that time? I think he was part of the squad, but he wasn't he was injured. Yeah. Point,
1: no, he? yeah, I don't think he was great at all. But yeah, I think it's I think there's there's a few players that have come into this AC Milan team and it'll take a bit of time for them to get adjusted to the style of football and the, the quality still isn't there. You'd say, you know, Carlos Backer is their best player by the country, Mark. Mm. But apart from that, there's not really any standout players. Suso's obviously playing there, ex Liverpool. They look like Bonaventura, I think he's a good player in midfield, but he isn't, uh, you know, he's a player that would fit around world stars, and he, he, you know, he could fit in that system. But he's not a, sp- a player that you build your system around, in a way.
0: Yeah, good point. Well, here we are, uh, at the end of the podcast this week. Previewed a couple of Premier League games, Dave. Which game are you looking forward to most this weekend in the Premier League?
1: Uh, I think the Chelsea game is going to be really good. Actually, it's going to be really good. That. Uh, and you know, an entertaining, an end-to-end game, and obviously Friday night will be quite fun. Um, Saturday, not too many good ties. All, you know, all quite like mid-table teams playing each other. Um, and obviously, United-Watford on um, Sunday, I'll be watching that. And Tottenham-Sunderland, so there's a few good ones in there. But, yeah, I think the, it's got to be the Chelsea game, right?
0: Yes, pretty much got to be because that is the headline game of the weekend. It is indeed on Friday night. Uh, I may not get to go to that game, unfortunately. Well, unfortunately, I'll be doing something else. But, um, you know, unfortunately... Friday night games are tricky to get. I mean, imagine being a Liverpool fan having to come to London.
1: Yeah, it's a commitment, isn't it? It's sort of like you got to take the day off work. Which again, the Premier League don't consider these things for football fans. Yeah,
0: I don't get why. I mean, I suppose the Premier League are based in great places; they can go wherever they want, can't they? But it's not that. Yeah. it's not. It's, not um, it's it's not that convenient for everyone. Let's put it that way. Um, anyway it's been good to have you guys on the podcast this week thank you very much for listening and head over to the YouTube channel by the time this is out then those things will also be on YouTube Um, and we will see you again real soon on TF3 we'd love to uh, have a bit more Adam on the podcast maybe on Sunday we'll try and get him on Dave people want to go find you should we go Dave Talks
1: yeah, we're closing in on 10,000 subscribers, so it's got to be Dave Talks. What do you want, Dave? Dave? Talks, more Dave Talks. What do you right, want? Right this second, Lawrence. What do you let's want? Get a real, what you let's get a real-time update. Want? Oh, what do you want? 9,096 followers. Woo!
0: 9,096. Dave, Dave, so another 1,000. And you get there. Yeah, Amazing oh, how actually, nearly nine,
1: 904, Lawrence, actually, to be oh, precise. 9,904? Until I'm at the 10K. Got you, okay, sorry, I thought you, yeah.
0: I thought you were much closer. Uh, you've got 1,000 essentially to go, but 904 if you round up. Yes. Uh, anyway, go over and help Dave out there. And, of course, help us on the front three on, uh, on YouTube. It'd be good to have you guys there. Um, it's been fantastic to talk to you. It's been fantastic to talk football. We will see you guys on the weekend on Sunday evening. But in the meantime, enjoy your football. So- Welcome back to TF3.